The clock is at zero, and this one is in the books. It's time for Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now let's join your host, Ben Bagley. Welcome into Cougar Post Game Live. Let's get your reaction to tonight's BYU victory. BYU gets the win today in Foxborough in a dominating performance outside of the first quarter. 35-16, BYU Scores 35 straight points. UMass, is, they allow UMass a late garbage touchdown. Final score, 35-16. BYU, a really nice day. We'll break down some of the stats. We'll get your reactions. You can tweet them to me. At Ben Bags on Twitter, we'll read some of those coming up as well. Uh, just some thoughts on tonight, today's game. As we talked about it, even at halftime, one of the keys to the game, wanted to see BYU get a dominant run game going. BYU is now undefeated and remains undefeated on the season. 5-0 and thus far when they rushed for 100 yards or more. Uh, at the half, they hadn't got there, and it wasn't looking good. The, the rush offense wasn't there. But at their final rush, 222 yards rushing for the BYU Cougars. Just a dominating performance on the ground in the second half of this ballgame against UMass. They got it going. The offensive line did a great job with getting push and opening holes. Matt Hadley, 11 rushes for seven or 69 yards. Zach Wilson, eight rushes for 53 yards. Squally Canada, five rushes for 31 yards. Riley Burt, late three rushes for 31 yards. And then this fly sweep came in with some of the receivers. Gunnar Romney, a rush for 14 yards. Leva, Leva Hifu, Hifo, excuse me, five rushes for 13 yards. Two of them touchdowns on, on the fly sweep. So BYU got it going on the ground. 222 yards rushing for BYU, the Cougars today. And that, well... As tradition has shown this season, you get over that 100-yard mark, let alone over the 200-yard mark on the ground, BYU is going to get a victory. Through the air, 167 yards receiving for BYU. Zach Wilson coming off the performance, a good performance against Boise State, but it was marred by the last play where he, he kept the ball, didn't throw it away, didn't throw it the quick pass. Instead of getting two quick plays at the end of the game, only one. BYU ends up losing that. Had to wear that all week long until today. 14 completions on 22 attempts, 167 yards and two touchdowns, and he looked good. He looked really good out there. Good decision-making, comes right out of the gate on a quick slant. The play that they ran, the final play against Boise State, ran it correctly, quick slant, cut, scores a touchdown. So BYU had things going, and they looked really good today. They get started slow, got, got Cougar fans a little bit nervous, but after that end of that first quarter, BYU really just dominated this game, and, and really the fourth quarter, it was just, just waiting for the clock to run pretty much. seemed like UMass had kind of given up on the game, and the game was over. So BYU gets the win, and fans remember, you had it last night, you get it again tonight. Remember, when the Cougars win, you win with Papa John's Pizza. Simply mention BYU50, or use the online promo code BYU50 at PapaJohns.com. And on Monday, you will receive 50% off a pizza. That offer is good at any Utah locations of Papa John's. Coming up, we'll update you on the day in college football. Cougar Post Game Live continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. In the third quarter, BYU had 82 yards rushing. So they, they beat that total in just one quarter. And in the fourth quarter, 73 yards rushing. So BYU gets the victory today at UMass, 35-16, to 16, and really got the game going on the ground in the second half, which resulted in a victory. Time to check your top 25 scoreboard. Some morning games still in action. Uh, number nine, West Virginia 
putting a beat down on TCU 47-10 in an interesting game that's been kind of funky going back and forth, but Ohio State just took a nice lead. Number 10 Ohio State's got a 19-6 lead on Michigan State. That game still has 12 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. A final here, UCF remains undefeated and 12th ranked in the nation as they beat Navy 35-24. Florida comes from behind to take the lead. They're ranked 15th in the country, and they have a 35-31 lead over South Carolina. That's got three and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. Wisconsin-Penn State. Penn State's got the lead in that one, 22-10, with about three minutes left in the fourth quarter, and some games about to get underway in the top 25. You can check those out coming up a little bit later. A game of note, a final from last night that BYU fans might be a little bit interested in. Uh, Boise State coming off the close victory against BYU last week in Boise. Defends home turf once again, this time upsetting number 23 Fresno State, 24-17 in Boise. Tweets coming in for post-game reaction. You can tweet me at Ben Bags. Cougar Chaps tweets in at Ben Bags. Key drive was taking the lead before the half. Rush, rushing game broke out in the second half. Ball, uh, ball hard to hold for both teams. Yeah, the, I think I think the wind and the the cold had a little bit of an effect on the game, especially the wind part of it. And you saw a bunch of passes. I think in the second half. T- uh, Zach Wilson didn't have an interception, but there was a drive, in the, I believe, in the third quarter where back-to-back plays, once off of Holker, once off of Bushman, the ball was a little high and a little hard, bounced off their hands, and in both instances, UMass had an opportunity to pick that ball off. Neither pick was completed, thankfully, for BYU. But, yeah, I think it was, I think it was hard to hold on to the ball out there a little bit. Um, Mitch Jurgens can tell us a little bit about that a little bit later. But, yeah, hard to hold on. But, yes, exactly. Scoring and taking the lead in the halftime was big for BYU. The adjustments were made at halftime, and the run game came out dominant in the second half. Uh, This coming in from Chris at the DA for Life. Uh, Proud of BYU football. Made some mistakes early, but but kept their heads up and continued to fight. Scoring 35 straight, double exclamation point. All-around dominance, double exclamation point. Yeah, Chris. That that that's the impressive part of this is is they didn't come out with the best start of the game. They get down ten zero early, and I've said it a couple of times, Cougar fans may be getting a little nervous at that point. Shades a la of Boise State just the week before, but at that point it just changed. The defense, amazing job by the defense from that point on, really shutting down UMass. We talked a lot about the hype leading up into the game uh, of. Andy Isabella and what he can do as a receiver. And early on that first drive when they marched down the field, it looked really good for not just Isabella, but the UMass offense. Isabella ended up with 10 receptions for 85 yards on the day. And and frankly, a lot of that, about 20 yards of that, came in garbage time on that last drive where he had the big, uh, the big reception, I think 23 yards on that reception. So a little, I mean, almost a quarter of the yards he had came on that garbage time drive where UMass gets that late touchdown. So the BYU defense uh, gave up 100 yards on the ground is all, 102 yards total. Uh, Comus, uh, UMass QQB, 22, or 23 of 33 for only 183 yards receiving. Uh, just a really nice job defensively, giving up 285 total yards, holding UMass to four, just over four yards per play. So, yeah, that defense, the BYU defense, we're now three, four games in a row where this defense is really just hammered hammered the opponents down. They've really tightened the screws on that defense, and the BYU defense is playing well, which bodes well going into next week where you get that win against New Mexico State at home. BYU is now bowl eligible and looking, looking to go bowling 
over the holidays. We'll have more Cougar post game live coming up next, right after this on the new Skin BYU Sports Network. The Cougar post game live on the new Skin BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Post Game Live. My name is Ben Bagley. BYU gets the victory at UMass 35-16 at Fox, Foxborough Gillette, Gillette Stadium at Foxborough, Massachusetts, home of the Patriots. A nice showing for BYU, 35-16. A nice bounce back for the BYU offense coming, coming off of the Boise State game, putting up 35 yards at UMass defense. Look, we've talked about the UMass defense being porous, and they are. They're not the best defense in the world, but the offense went out and got the job done. And maybe the most impressive thing, and I've, I'm, I'm going to keep pounding this throughout the post game and all weekend long on Twitter, the most impressive thing is the way that they did it on the ground. Really turned around at halftime, 83 yards rushing in the third quarter, really turned around and, and basically just tore the spirit out of UMass at that point. As soon as BYU got the ground game going, uh, UMass just kind of folded uh, and wasn't able to really compete at that point. So nice job by BYU. Zach Wilson, a nice day, 14 of 22. Uh, really, really kind of we're seeing him take those steps as he grows into the quarterback role. Sat for much of the fourth quarter. Jaron Hall coming in in mop-up duty. So two true freshmen taking snaps today for BYU at quarterback. Uh, that's about we're going to wrap it up for the Cougar Post Game Live show. We'll get back to Foxborough Stadium with Greg, Mark, and Mitchell. Also get down to the locker room for post game comments from Kalani Sataki and players as well. So that'll wrap it up for the Cougar Post Game Live show. Your final score once again from Foxborough, Massachusetts: BYU thirty five, UMass sixteen. BYU gets a fifth win of the season, looking for bowl eligibility next week at home at Lavelle Edwards Stadium against New Mexico State. The Cougar Locker Room Show is next. Thanks for listening. I'm Ben Bagley on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to postgame coverage of BYU football on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with the Cougar Locker Room Show. The Cougar Locker Room Show is brought to you by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. Let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Comfort broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Greg Rubel telling you the title and escrow can be complicated with over 50 years' experience in Utah. Provo Land Title has the expertise to navigate your buying, selling, or building project. Provo Land Title, making the complicated easier. Well, I'm not going to say it was easy, but it was pretty comprehensive. BYU's win over UMass today here, 35-16 in our final. Yeah, and uh, I thought that the second half really did turn the tide for BYU. Uh, It's kind of interesting that... uh, Last year, the score was 16-10 to 10 in favor of UMass. This year, UMass scores 16, but BYU gets 35. Kalani Sitake is at the press conference podium here in Foxborough. I think our guys just, you know, just got, um, after the, the start, just, just buckled down. And we try to remember our, uh, remind our guys to just do our, their jobs. And it's, it's like this, we've said the same things over and over again. I think just uh, they just got sick of not performing well and uh, turned it around. And I was... Really pleased. I mean, they were up 10-0, and we came back. And uh, I think I think uh, the score was what 28-10 at, t- at some time. So I felt really comfortable about it. And then we got another score. So I'm just glad that we were able to sustain some drives on offense to get some some uh, you know have some uh, success early, um, and then kind of put it together more in the second half, and then stay consistent. If we can do that, uh, you know, for a full 60 minutes, I think we'll be a really really explosive offense. 
Yeah, I mean, I think we, we feel really good about our, our front, especially in the goal line area. We did the same thing with Boise, you know, they just went for it on fourth down, and um, we felt like we were in a good position, even though we had, a, you know, in the drive, there was, there was a, a face mask that, that, that kept the drive alive, and there was a couple of mistakes, missed tackles. And um, you have to give credit to UMass, because I think there's some really good athletes on that team, but we didn't help ourselves with some of the mistakes that we made. And then after the first two drives, I felt like our guys settled in and just started to play assignment sound football, and everyone just did their part, not trying to do too much. So I think that was a good good for us, but uh, it was more important that we get it going and, and um, get some three and outs and have some success on defense, getting to the quarterback, disrupting his timing, and I think that was really good for us. Yeah, I think we felt like we could get we could put it together. I mean, defensively we started settled in, settled in a little bit. Offensively, we knew we had some stuff and, and uh, knew that we can get some some plays. And, and they made some plays. I mean, they, they brought some pressure and and uh, but we made some mistakes, you know. And, and we knew what the mistakes were. And when we got back at halftime, just try to get our guys to play all all eleven guys doing their job and nothing more than that. And uh, we did that in the second half. And I felt like it was for the most part really really sound on all three phases. <coughs> Yeah, I think getting to the quarterback and pass rush was really important, but also, um, and they did a lot of max protection, and it was just nice to have guys get there. You know, I think Corbin and and Metti and Kyrus, those guys are really explosive up front and got some knockback, and um, Rhett Sandler did some good things getting into the quarterback too. So our backers, we, we pressured a little bit more, um, but I think that was the key, not giving him enough time to set his feet and throw it deep. and. And um, you know Isabella is a good player. I think he got a little hobbled up early in the game, and and um, you know, I think he's I think he's got a, a bright future though. But it was just a good challenge for our guys, and thought defensively they answered the call. After two straight games with close losses, disappointing losses, does it mean just to Yeah, it's just good to win. You know, we learned we learned a lot of valuable lessons in those two losses, and I think I said this last week that it's just nice to. To learn lessons and win, I think um, uh, you know we've seen a lot of progress and a lot of um, growth in our team, and uh, it's just nice to kind of put it together. Even after facing some tough, uh, you know, some obstacles early on, it's just nice that they were uh, rally it back and give a lot of credit to the assistant coaches and to the uh, the, the leaders on this team for taking the initiative and taking care of the team and you know really getting them settled down. Um, no, I mean, it's still competition. We felt like this, the, the, with the, the, the read zone type of uh, mindset with him pulling the ball, I think that was that kind of fits him more than anything right now. And um, yeah, I, the, the competition always continues. But the, there's a, he has a, a, a skill set where he can run the ball, and you saw some of it to, to today, being able to pull it and run. And, and I think that that's what we needed right at the time. Yeah, well, it wasn't anything like um, anything planned. He just came in and 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 was around the team at the team hotel, and he came in again in the locker room before the game. And um, I think he was making the team a little late because he just hung around and talked to a bunch of the guys. And it was just nice to have his presence, you know, have a guy that loves BYU and and loves his, uh, his team. And um, you know, he it was just nice to see him, you know, kind of connect with all our all our young men. It was really good for our freshmen, especially, to see him in there and 
and see how much he loves BYU. So uh, I, I was really pleased to have him around and just always thankful when we can have our alumni come around and be around our team. And, you know, we had Steve Young uh, here last week, and so it's just just good to have those guys around. And we had a number of alumni that were here today, and just everywhere we go, we have really good alumni that, that are involved and want to be around our team, and I'm always open for that. Yeah, it was nice. I mean, and, and if they, they had an invert whistle, right, and, and if he would have missed, you know, broke a tackle, he could have had a punt return for a touchdown too. So um, just really pleased with how hard he works, you know, and uh, with the way we compete every week, and, and he's earned a lot of playing time, and, and he made the most of it today, you know. And so I, I think this is a really good moment for him being a senior, um, going home for a senior night. And so I think it's going to be really cool for him to get on the field and, and contribute because he has a lot of um, – there's a lot of skills that can help us be successful on defense, and you saw a lot of it today. Yeah, I love it. That was awesome. I mean, it made a lot of noise, and everywhere we go, it's just nice to have fans, even when you're two time zones away in the East Coast. And, um, yeah, it was just really cool to see our fans. And, um, and you know, with that said, I'm excited to go home and see our fans at home, our last game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And I was just really as a head coach, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan before. I, I was a fan before I was a player and a coach at BYU, and so um, I can connect with them. I, I feel the same way they do, you know. So um, just really pleased with, with the team and, and pleased with the fans and love being part of this program and just excited to get back home and see our fans at home too. Any other questions? All right, that's Kalani. We'll continue with the Cougar Locker Room Show next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU 35, UMass 16, our final. Zach Wilson, 14 for 22 for a buck 67. Two scores, no picks. He talks to the media. Shoot, I saw one of our guys streaking right down the middle, and uh, whoever it was backside made a great play trying to run back. I mean, he looked wide open at first, but he made a great great play coming back across the backside guy. Um, you know, it was a great catch by Neil and uh you know, it was a great a great team setup for the for the trick play and I'm glad glad we figured it out on that play. Yeah, play Flea flicker. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, <laughs> Nothing crazy. How big was the drive? Yeah, I mean, it was good. I mean, even though we scored, it was kind of, um, you know, we were still hungry to, to score more, you know, because it was kind of one of those, oh, only 14, 10, like, let's go, let's pick it up. Like, this is going to be a better half for us. Um, but it was good going into halftime with the lead. Um, it's more comfortable, right? I mean, uh, you know, of course, we got to execute better in the first half, though. You have a couple of tough losses, uh, close losses, previous games. What do you mean for you guys to yeah, I know. Yeah, we for, we for sure needed it. I mean, those tough losses, like Coach said, we, we learned a lot of stuff this last week uh, as a team and as individuals. I mean, I found a lot of stuff I needed to work on for this week coming into this game, and, and I'm glad I could apply it. Um, and I know the rest of the team's kind of the same way. And I'm glad that we approached this game um, in the right way. I think I think we came out and, and did some really good things. 
<laughs> How was it just the experience playing? I know the crowd wasn't great, but as far as playing in the NFL stadium, what was that experience like? Oh, yeah, it was amazing. Beautiful, beautiful stadium, um, beautiful atmosphere. Uh, I loved I love just being able to be on that field. I mean, just knowing, you know, Tom Brady or, or the New England Patriots have, have played on this field along with, you know, many other amazing teams is, is a cool experience. I mean, this is something you'll never forget. And, and we're so uh, lucky as players to be able to come and do something like this. Any other questions for Zach? Thanks, Zach. All right, that's Zach Wilson. Matt Hadley next as the Cougar Locker Room Show continues here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU defeats UMass 35-16 today here in Foxborough. BYU's leading rusher, Matt Hadley, at the press conference podium. Earlier this week, actually, uh, you know, our coaches have done a fantastic job helping me um, make sure I'm ready each and every week. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been really good. What was it like covering the no, yeah, it was cool. So I, I, I was here uh, Kyle's junior year, my freshman year, 2012. Um, seems like forever ago. But, uh, yeah, no, so I, I you know, um, it was cool to, to be able to see him again. And, uh, you know, in his, I guess, atmosphere now, it's, it's kind of his area. But it was, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool seeing you know, like Coach Satake said, it's cool seeing our alumni guys that have done it so well uh, for so long. It's it's cool to see them. Any other questions for Matt? All right, thanks, Matt. Yep, thank you. We're going to stay right here with it. We believe that Isaiah Kofusi is uh, next to the mic, and so I think we'll be able to stay and catch the defensive perspective of things. As BYU wins at 35-16. You've heard from Kalani, from Zach Wilson, and from Matt Hadley. Isaiah Kofusi is next scheduled at the podium. Kalani, by the way, is now 4-4, four and four, Mark Lyons, in games played east of Mississippi. Hold your response to that as we hear from Isaiah Kofusi. I mean, they, they had thrown it maybe once or twice. And uh, it's funny, before that series, I looked over at, our, at, at John Swift, our director of football operations, I said, hey, this is my series. I'm going to get one. Um, you know, I, I, I bluffed a little bit like I was in a blitz, kind of backed off to my coverage, and I just read eyes. I was a little late, um, but the ball hit my hand, so there's you know no really no good excuse um, for that one. Could have had a pick six, but I'm glad we, you know, defense played played great. Um, I'm glad we came out with the win as well. How gratifying to shut down a really pretty explosive offense, especially after first they scored the first two times. Yeah, that was huge. I thought I thought our defense played um, phenomenal. We were we were all over the place. Um, I mean, you just see the stats here, and the guys have a ton of tackles. Um, you know, we held their offense to um, 16 points, and that's awesome. You know, they, they've been scoring 52 points, 49 points. So to be able to, to hold an offense to 16 points is pretty good. The route playing is to, to win again. It's been almost a month since you guys experienced that. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's really been the focus of, you know, all last week really was, all right, this one game is our focus. You know, we're not thinking about a bowl game. We're not thinking about Utah. We're thinking about UMass. So to be able to win and, um, you know, to pull it out, that was that was huge for us. You know, it was really gratifying. The man right there. <laughs> Anything else for Isaiah? 
Thank you. We'll stay here with it, too, as uh, Sione Takitaki will be taking the uh, the podium next. But, Mark, BYU comes east of the Mississippi. Kalani's done it eight times now. That's what independence is all about. And you're for now four and four, and the fans always travel. And I, I think more BYU fans than UMass fans in the building today. I believe so. That uh, It was great seeing them all around town yesterday when we were walking through town. And then they show up here today, and uh, they were cheering and uh, having fun and uh, so they get a reward to be able to come out here and a neat experience and see a good football game. All right, Sione Taki Taki at the press conference. Yeah, we started off slow. Um, we let them drive it down, get that three, that, uh, that, that field goal and then um, and then that fumble. So we and we let them score. We could have stopped them, but they, they scored. So we started off really slow. But um, I feel like we adjusted and came back really strong with um, with the three announcers that we were getting and the takeaways. Uh, we could have had some takeaways with the fumbles, but um, yeah, the three announcers was, was doing really good for us. Brett Sandman had probably the best game of his career. In practice, has he shown that? That you really could do that sort of thing? Yeah, like uh, Red always brings his A game to practice and stuff, and uh, he's running with the two, so you know we're um, confident in his game, and if he comes in, he can play. But uh. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy for that guy, uh, Rhett Sandler. Just, he's been working really hard, and he finally got a shot today with um, uh, Riggs going down, and then he coming in to fill that fill, fill issue. So he did really good. I think he got like three sacks or something like that, some TFL. Really good job. What was it like going against uh, the nation's big receiver? What did you do? Yeah, he's a, he's a really good player, but um, uh, our coaches kind of emphasized um, his ability, and we watched it on film all week, so we knew um, what, what, what he can do, and if they throw it up, what he can do with the ball. And so, yeah, he did. He did. felt like um, our, our, we did, everybody did their assignment, so he couldn't really get much. But um, yeah, towards the end, the end of the, the that play, he got that that bender. I should have been right there. I was under. I should have broke on it a little faster, probably not, you know, knock down that ball or get that interception. But um. Yeah, either than that, either that, I think we uh, held them pretty good. Everybody rallying to the ball, making tackles and stuff. You think the early start affected you guys? Can that be attributed to the, I guess, the slow start and the well, both sides you know. No, I, I, I feel like uh, it, that's the way the ball rolled, but um, we started off slow. But as a team, we know that what we can do, and so kind of regroup, told everybody, hey, let's go, let's rally up. We can. Uh, Start stopping these guys, start scoring on these guys, and so that's what really happened. Just screw the group. Have you thought much about uh, playing your final home game? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, thinking about it, it gets a little sad. You know, you spent some time here at BYU and played um, some football here, but um, I feel like I'm, um, I'm a little sad, but then I'm a little excited to get up and start get going with my life. You know, been there for a while, so I'm ready to go. All right, thank you, guys. All right, so we hope to hear from uh, Rhett Sandlin on the headset with Mark and me coming up after this. We're from Gillette Stadium here in Foxborough, BYU 35, UMass 16, our final on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, so back here in Foxborough, linebacker Rhett Sandlin will be uh, soon joining us on the headset. Big day for Rhett and a number of BYU defenders just some uh, defensive totals for you again. Sione Takitaki, 14 tackles, 7 solo. Two tackles for loss, fumble fours for Sione. Isaiah Kofusi, 14 tackles, 
four solo. He had a pass breakup. Brackenell Bakri, five tackles, including a sack, one and a half tackles for lost total, and a fumble forced. Corbin Kafusi, five tackles, including a sack, which is also a TFL. Riggs Powell had five tackles, half a tackle for loss, and then Rhett Sandlin, four tackles, all solo, including a two sacks and three total TFLs, and I believe those are the first sacks of his career, Mark. I would think so. Uh, boy, he was uh, all over the place, though. He did a great job, showed good speed, uh, pretty uh, alert to make that play on the punt. So, uh, yeah, I thought he was really into the game, did a good job, stepped up, and played quite well. The winningest coach in UMass football history, uh, Mark Whipple. Uh, his team falls to BYU today 35-16 after taking a 10-0 lead. It was all BYU 35 in a row before the uh, Minutemen get a late touchdown against a lot of BYU reserves, making our final score 35-16. UMass officially bowl ineligible at 4-6, and six, BYU to 5-5. Five and five. And the Cougars, Mark, can now get bowl eligible next Saturday night, home to New Mexico State. Yeah, and so <clears throat> the the first step is done. I, I think that their whole plan is to win out. And so uh, you have this desire. If you finish with three victories, it really does add to your confidence. It makes you feel like everything's been good as you've improved throughout the season to the point that you can end up with three victories in a row. And so I'm sure that's their objective. BYU 5-5 five and five really just a handful of plays away from uh, yeah. uh, being 7-3, uh, and 8-2. And, uh, and it's not just uh, blowing smoke. They really were. You know, a couple of plays, red zone uh, situations away from wins with that, that ended up being losses. And this the season could already look a lot different than it does. That said, getting back to a bowl game in the first season after 4-9 and nine would be a real step in the right direction. And it's interesting to me that they threw that slant to Shumway a whole bunch of times tonight. And that was the play that they had set up against Boise State. And I, I don't know if he's saying this is how it could have happened or whether they said this is how you do it, but they put it in for today and it worked really well. And so he got those two touchdowns in the same kind of a play and uh, kind of reinforcing maybe this is how you hammer it in there. Maybe you'll ask Kalani that when we have him on here in a little bit <laughs> Okay. about that play. But, uh, yeah, BYU did go to Shumway three times for two touchdowns today. A couple of two-touchdown day for, uh, for Talon Shumway. Of course, he catches both from... Zach Wilson, these are Zach Wilson's pass efficiency numbers in his first four starts. 167.5, Hawaii. Uh, 111.6, NIU. That was when BYU's offense struggled the most. 145.1 against Boise when the team itself was a, t- a titch over 150. And then 157.4 today. Good offensive numbers for Zach Wilson. Good defensive numbers for Rhett Sandlin. As I mentioned a moment ago, Rhett's four tackles today were all solo. Three were TFLs, two were sacks, and Rhett Sandlin joins us now on the headset here at Gillette Stadium. Hello, Rhett. Hey, what's up? What's up? Greg and Mark upstairs. Thanks for coming on. Congratulations on a great day individually and, more importantly, for the team. Way to go. Oh, thank you. How uh, how was it to, to have to put Boise in the rear view and get ready to come across two time zones and be right for today? I don't know. I feel like it was kind of tough, but we just had to come out here and play our game. You know, forget about Boise. Just come out here and focus on today the time change and everything, just come out here and play our game and get a W, and that's what we did. First drive of the game, UMass goes almost the length of the field, but you hold them to three. Let's just start there. The fact they didn't score a touchdown on drive one, that you guys stiffened and kept them to three points, did you consider that something big early? Yeah, I did. I felt like we can't, we kind of came out sluggish and slow, and they kind of drove the ball on us, but it was a good stand for us to stop them just to a field goal. You had a highlight hit today, and uh, as that outside linebacker, you just had to be well tell me how excited were you when you saw that you're going to get a shot on the quarterback and he doesn't see you coming i don't know i just that's that's what
don't know, that's just something you just like hope and <laughs> your dreams, you know, just having a free shot on the quarterback. I knew it was empty in the tackle. He just kind of didn't really think he could get to me and I just came free and the quarterback didn't see me to the last second and I just laid my mark on him, hit him. <laughs> yeah, but, I know. What were you guys telling each other after the short field touchdown that made it 10 nothing, Rhett? I think we were just coming out saying, hey, we need to wake up. We need to be more assignment sound. We need to play harder. Come out here and play our game. And I think we just kind of changed after that. Uh, did they give you, yes, you got uh, two official, let's see, you had no punt return yards officially, but you had a punt return. Tell us about that play a little bit. You know, I'm, my job, I'm the nose on punt return, so I rushed the shield, and I just re I rushed the shield, and I turned back to peel back to get some blocks, and I just, it was just some terrible, you know, like super low, like super high, but no no <laughs> distance, and I feel like no one was looking for it, and like where it was coming, I was right here, I was just waiting for it to bounce and then grab it, because no one was there, but I guess they called some, I, guess, I don't know what they called. They said it whistle, whistle, I think. Yeah, they... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I could have made some moves on him, but then they blew the whistle <laughs> and I got tackled. So I was like, dang. But it was just exciting, you know, to have the ball in my hand. Well, uh, coming out here, how was your experience in coming? Did you guys get to do anything that uh, – did you get to go through Boston at all? Uh, no, we didn't. We kind of stayed a little bit out of town. So we just kind of stayed low-key at the hotel and just rested, you know, watched film and all that stuff, just kind of hung around. But we weren't able to go tour anything or – have some fun. So it's just another hotel trip for you guys, right? Yeah, just another business trip for <laughs> us. Yeah. What sense did you get of the number of fans behind your bench here today? Wait, sorry, what was that? What What kind of sense did you have of how many fans were behind your bench today, BYU fans? I felt they were, they were loud. You know, it's a, it's a huge stadium, you know. We weren't able to, like, pack it in, but, like, I felt like they were loud and had a lot of passion and really gave us confidence out there on the field. Okay, back to 500 at 5-5. Five and five. And as I was telling Mark, uh, we were talking before you came on, Five and five could easily be a better record than you've got right now, but it is five and five. That said, bowl eligibility could come as soon as next week. How important is that to you and this team to get back on the postseason track? It's huge for us. You know, like we just got to go do our role, focus on one game at a time and get the W to get become bowl eligible and then just kind of move from there. But yeah, our number one priority is just to keep winning, focus on New Mexico State right now and just keep on rolling maybe one last thought from you Rhett about how many different guys have been contributing especially on defense with guys going down and people coming in and being expected to play at a really high level what can you say about how many uh, uh, just different guys have had to respond defensively to make plays you know I feel like everyone has their role on the team and whether people get hurt or guys get hurt in the game you know everyone I feel like everyone can step up and play their role and everyone can come in, and the coaches have confidence in that to play anybody, you know, and to be assignment sound and just have fun out there and make plays. So it's just a good feeling. Well, we know you had fun out there today with uh, four solo tackles, three of them tackles for loss, two of them sacks. Uh, well done. The last word for Mark here. Right? Yeah, just uh, going to say congratulations to get back on the winning trail, and uh, you got to just keep it up and keep working hard, right? Yep, just got to keep working. Good luck next Saturday, Rhett. Thanks. All right, that's Rhett Sandlin joining us. Kalani Sitake, BYU's head coach, is forthcoming. As we sign off for now, just to the break, though, we're back with Coach Kalani after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. The Cougar Postgame Coaches Show is brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. And we'll kick off our Cougar Postgame Coaches Show with tonight's Mountain America Credit Union field goal recap. There were no field goal tries for BYU today, Mark. Not a one. Yeah, they... 
All touchdowns. I guess you can't complain if you go yeah, five yeah. red zone possessions, you get five touchdowns. So uh, Kalani said he likes extra points better than field goals. So the kickers was out there, you know, five times, but uh, no field goals. Well, we love when uh, Skylar Southam gets on the field because that means a Mountain America is about to donate some money to the American Red Cross. Not didn't happen today, though. But uh, for each field goal BYU makes this year, Mountain America donates $500 to the American Red Cross. So far this season, Mountain America has donated $5,000. Wow. $5,000. Mountain America Credit Union guiding you forward. Ten field goals made, but none today. BYU wins it by a score of 35-16. to 16. Kalani Sitake, BYU's uh, head coach, is coming up momentarily. As soon as Kalani's on headset, we'll let you all know. And we'll chat with Kalani, see what he has in his mind uh, after today's game. And by the way, I, I just want to correct something I said much earlier in the broadcast about coming back here next year. We'll actually go to Amherst, BYU will, next season. Uh, we'll take on UMass in Amherst, the campus home of UMass, and that's at uh, McGuirk Alumni Stadium, a much smaller venue. I believe it seats only 17,000. They were averaging fewer than 10,000 fans per game uh, coming into today. I'm not sure if they got a final attendance number today. They did not list one on the stats we got, so I'm not sure what they'll say for final attendance today. But uh, certainly the BYU fans helped boost what would have otherwise been a pretty anemic crowd, I think. Uh, yeah, on this cold, windy day. But uh, yeah. BYU fans showed really well. And from our vantage point, we're at the first concourse level here. The entire uh, half of, of, of stands below us, you know, a good 30 rows eight down. Eight sections, I would guess. We're, we're I'm all, saying all eight BYU sections. Blue. So it was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I agree that, uh, and, you know, they were yelling away from us. You could hear them certainly up here in the booth, but uh, for it to be loud, I was impressed that Co- that uh, Sandlin thought that, man, they were loud. And so uh, as they got together and at the end, when BYU was going to have that win, they were chanting that BYU. They sang the Cougar song with along with the uh, team out there. So uh, all in all, I thought that was pretty fun. No touchdown passes for BYU over the last two weeks. Two touchdown passes today, both to Talon Shumway from Zach Wilson. And guess who else had two, two touchdowns today? Aleva Hifo. Yeah. It was a, a double touchdown day for Aleva as well. Those were touchdowns four and five of his BYU career and touchdowns two and three of his season. Talon Shumway got the touchdowns two and three of his season and BYU career as well. So Two guys got in the end zone twice. The other did, touchdown was a Matt Hadley two-yard run. Did uh, Leva have a reception? Uh, he did have one reception for eight. So, yeah, I thought it was good for them to come back and give it to him a couple times because that early fumble, uh, he had to have felt pretty bad about how they mishandled that first play of the game, gave up a touchdown off that short field. But uh, for them to come back and show they have confidence in him and be able to run those a couple times for touchdowns for him certainly uh, has to give him a boost. Aleva had five carries on the day for a total of 13 yards, 17 gained, and four lost. And of his five carries, two went for scores. So Aleva Hifo in the end zone two times, and that one catch he did have was eight yards. A no BYU receiver with more than three catches. Wasn't a big throw day for BYU today. Uh, 14 for 23 was Zach Wilson, but at a very high efficiency number, as Tim mentioned earlier, 157 point, I think one or four was his uh, pass efficiency. And 167 yards. You know, you score 35 points on 167 yards. So uh, I thought that was pretty impressive. Yeah, Yeah. passing yards. That uh, uh, was pretty good. Two touchdowns. So when you make them count, you get first downs, things like that. Uh, You don't need a whole lot of yards. BYU ran for 221. And in the Kalani Sitake era, BYU's 12 and 2 when running for 200-plus, you're probably asking yourself, well, what were the two losses? That's a good number to run for, 200, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. So you're wondering, 
Well, who'd they lose to when running for 200-plus yards? Because that's a, that's a really good number. You get well, 200, you should win a game, right? Let me tell you an interesting number about that. BYU <laughs> had 67. I don't know who they are. You might know who they are. Did You, you do know, huh? I was, setting well, us up, I was setting us up for a little Q&A there, a little, a little uh, contest, but go ahead. All right. BYU had 67 yards rushing in the, in the first half and 154 yards in the second half. So that's a really significant difference, and that's why they uh, had so much control of the game in that second half is because they ran the ball so effectively. So 14 times BYU has run for 200 yards or more in the Kalani Satake okay, okay, era, and they've won thinking, all but two of them. Who I'm didn't thinking. they beat? Utah. And as soon as I tell you, you're going to, oh, yeah, no, it wasn't Utah. Mm. They ran. Utah State. They, <laughs> last year against Utah State, they ran for 210 yeah. and didn't win the game because they turned it over like 11 times. It was maybe only nine or seven. Uh, and then the year before, uh, in fact, Kalani's first year, West Virginia, 280 <laughs> and a loss. That was a wild one. Remember Taysom? Oh, yeah. Chucking it up that thing. He was unbelievable. They were so yeah. good. And just somehow didn't get a way to put it in at the very <laughs> end. Man, and that, yeah, I just, um, yeah, I wish you would have chosen a different receiver late in the game. Yeah. Well, I hate to bring you down, but those are the two losses. Don't make it. All right, uh, coming up in just a matter of uh, seconds from now, Kalani Satake will have the headset on, and we'll uh, get his thoughts on today's 35-16 win, a win that puts BYU back at 500 on the season. And speaking of 500, it wasn't until today that BYU played a team that was under 500 on the season. That's how good the BYU schedule's been this year, Mark. I think, again, your, your record, you'd like it to be a little better than it is. But that said, uh, it's 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 been a it's been a pretty strenuous schedule from uh, start to where we are right now. Yeah, and the, the teams that BYU's beaten have won 25 games. I think that's pretty impressive too. That uh, to see that uh, they've been very successful. The teams that they're they're they've been able to beat. Right. So you'd like a couple more wins, probably sure. But yeah. uh, but they've toughened you up. These games have toughened you up for days like today when BYU comes in the cold and the wind and grinds it out. And Kalani Sitake, head coach of the Cougars, now putting on the headset as Kalani too is back to 500 in his coaching career at BYU. Kalani, congrats on today's win. Nice effort. Thank you. Just happy that we got the win and, and uh, proud of our guys. Let's maybe start with the effort component right there. How how hard do you think your guys played to get this one done today? Well, they played really hard. I mean, I I, th I thought uh you know the for the the start that we had um it was just uh, unfortunate you know with uh, some of the mistakes that we made but um our guys never stopped believing they kept fighting hard and and um i think um some of the experiences that they've had in, in, the, in the past couple of weeks have really helped them uh, prepare for this moment where they can uh you know they, they rallied around each other and the coaches took the initiative and it, it was really nice a good response from our guys and um you know from being down 10-0 and then all of a sudden turning it around and being up 35-10 that's a that's a good turnaround for us. Yeah, and that uh, first touchdown drive really helped uh, give you a lot of lift because it was a four-play drive. It was just boom, bam, in the end zone. And uh, when you score that quickly, that gives you the hope that things are going to turn around, right? Yeah, and then, you know, we had the wind to our backs uh, on that drive. And, and um, uh, it doesn't look like it, but the wind was swirling quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And, and um, there's a couple even of our tosses. There's a toss that we gave to Lopini. That kind of drifted in in, in the in the air a little yeah. bit. And, uh, you can see how difficult it was for Mike Shelton to field the ball, which I thought he did an amazing job at. You know, just the swirling winds were no joke, and I, I was really proud of our guys and and our, our coaches. And uh, I'm just glad that we were able to get the win and rally back, and and um, just proud of how hard our guys have done it all year. Okay, when BYU's first offensive play today went the way it did, what was going through your mind at that particular second? Well, I just wanted to get the defense to respond again and, and force them for for a field goal, you know. And 
Uh, we made some mistakes on that drive. They they scored a touchdown, and and we really had to get going as far as uh, getting the, the the defense in order and just making them focus on doing their assignments. Um, guys are doing too much again, and then uh, we just had a really quick response from all of them, and they settled in a little bit and were able to make plays and um, offensively were able to be patient. You know this. This UMass team hung in there with South Florida, and and, the, and they were up 14 to 10 on them uh, earlier in the year. And and they 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 you just have to keep sticking with what you do, and you can't just panic. And our guys, our coaches didn't panic, our our players didn't, and we rallied together and came out. You know, got got the lead going into halftime, and then came back and and didn't look back, and just really happy that we were able to do that. Cause it's a huge it's a huge learning moment for our guys. And I said it earlier that I, I like to learn when we win, and this is a good moment for us to learn a lot of the lessons and. And uh, um, you know, be able to bounce back for, and, and get a win. Well, since you've been the head coach, this is the first time, Kalani, that your team has come back for more than seven points for a win. You came back from down 10 zip, and that's all about resiliency. And you've shown it in different ways. But to do that, come back from down double digits, two scores, get the win. Although you had a lot of time to do it, you did come back and, and get it done. Oh well, yeah, and then you know, our players have done a great job. We, we it first starts with our, our coaches and. And our upperclassmen, and, they, and our upperclassmen done a good job at, at, at communicating to our young guys. And um, you know, we have a, a lot of youth on the field, and uh, just it's such a good growing moment for them to be able to, to bounce back and do it this way. You know, and um, fortunately, there was enough time so we can we can rally back and, and, mm-hmm. and get more scores. But um, we made plenty of mistakes. But like I said, it's going to be nice to learn them with a with a uh, one in the win column. Coach, uh, zero sacks today, and that had to be one of your objectives that uh, you had to clean that up after seven last week. And uh, UMass did come with some pressure at times, but uh, uh, that had to be rewarding, right? And let's throw in there only two penalties. Yeah, I mean, just clean football, and I was really pleased with with how um, we executed. You know, it was just um, it was the, the the weather was a, a kind of an issue with throwing the ball downfield, and so we had to really pick our moments. Um, but when we did, I thought we were effective. Neil made a great play on the on the flea flicker, and um, you know all, all our guys are just um, seem like they're just executing so much better. Things are a lot more comfortable now with them being out there. The scheme and Zach seems a little bit more relaxed and when to pull it and when to throw the the RPO and when to give the ball. It's just he's he's giving such good feedback from the field to the sidelines on the coaches, especially during the breaks. And um, it's been really nice seeing him uh, evolve just in the last couple of weeks. Kalani, you hope to get slant at the end of the Boise game. You went to slant a lot today for a lot of success. Yeah, and Talon Shumway is great at doing that. He's a big body, and we have the receivers that can really um, shield people away from when they catch those the, the three-step routes, you know. And uh, I think uh, all of those guys done an amazing job. He's Micah Simon and, and the rest of them just to do a good job at, at shielding the, the defender. And um, Zach has been really accurate in throwing that ball. Well, it was quite a turnaround from first half to second half. Uh, in the first half, UMass was four of nine on third down conversions. In the second half, just one of six. That's that's pretty good uh, defense. Uh, what do you think really made the difference for them to come out and play that better in the second half? Well, I think um, winning on first down was really important for us. You know, they're they're getting a little uh, chunk yards on first down and and making it like second and three or so and. Uh, trying to get them to seven, second and seven plus was really important for our, our team on first down. And um, I thought Coach Tuyaki did a great job of dialing up the pressures and when to hold back and when to blitz. And, um, you know, we had some guys um, get banged up in the game. And, and, and uh, you know, guys like Rhett Sandlin stepped up and, and others, you know, have done really well. So, I, I mean, Isaiah Kafusi had another great game. And so did Sione, um, 
talky talky. So our guys are playing really well up front. Our D line's being disruptive, and um, winning the first down was really important for us to get get to a third and long situation. Speaking of third down, Kalani, you guys went six for 12 today. It's your first 50% day of the season on third downs. Yeah, and offensively, if we can keep doing that, you know, I mentioned the defense, offensive and winning on first down is important to getting the success on third down. And, and um, you know, if we can do that, then I think we'll have, first of all, if you're 50%, that's really good. That, that's, you know, top one, one of the top in the nation if you can do that. So uh, if we can continue, continue to do that and have more success doing that, we'll, I'll be really happy. All right, closing comments with the coach, Kalani Sitake, as we come back to Foxborough. Gillette Stadium, BYU 35 and UMass 16, our final score. You heard it all right here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Postgame Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, so welcome back to Gillette Stadium here in uh, Foxborough, Massachusetts. BYU defeats UMass by a score of 35-16. to 16. BYU head coach Kalani Sitake is with us on the headset for just a few more moments as BYU now gets to 5-5, five and, five, and coach, that means you're one win away from bowl eligibility and now you get to talk about that because it is your next game if you win it you'll know that you're playing in the postseason right yeah and that's really important for our guys to get to a bowl game because you know that uh for us the extra practice time is really important and and for so much youth on our team you know that's that's going to be vital for us and the guys that are coming in so um i'm just excited that, that we have this opportunity to go play another game and represent on on our field at home and it's our senior night so i'm excited we're we're gonna Obviously, respect New Mexico State as much as possible, but at the same time, we were excited to do our thing and build off of what we just did today. Well, uh, we talked about it off the air, Coach, but uh, you mentioned that uh, it was quite a representation. Now, this is a fun place for people to come, and uh, we we ran into a group from New Mexico. There were about 50 of them, and uh, every year they pick uh, a game to go to. A BYU game. A BYU <laughs> game to go to, and they came here this year, and uh, so this was a, a pretty good opportunity for people to come uh, see the football game and also have a little fun in this area. Yeah, it's great. We we saw, um, you know, I got to go um, shake hands with a lot of the fans and from all over the place, from Georgia, Florida, and, you know, South Carolina, North yeah, Carolina. I mean, all all, they just came here. from all over the place, even New Mexico. And so uh, just just really happy and just grateful that our fans showed up today. And, and uh, they do everywhere we go, you know, and, and um, really happy to get back home and, have our last game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium for this year and, and, and send the seniors out the right way. But um, we're just thankful that we have fans everywhere, um, whether they're at home watching on TV or here on, on, on site or, or, or at a visiting um, place or, or at home. I just I just love and appreciate everything they do for us. We're listening on the radio sometimes, we hear as well. Columbia. Yeah, that yeah, too, that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, we got to choose our big-time performance of the game, brought to you by Bank, uh, Bank of American Fork. Enjoy a free checking account that can earn big interest with the MyRate checking account from Bank of American Fork. And we could go a few different places, but we're going to choose a guy we talked to on our post-game show. All of his tackles were solo, and three of his four solo tackles were for loss, and two of them were sacks, and he had a punt return, and his name is Rhett Sandlin. Yeah, I was so proud of Rhett, and um, his... Just the perseverance and the the, the the way that he just sticks to things and um, just you know all his hard work's paying off and and um, I'm, I'm excited to see him perform next week as a senior and senior night and then just really thankful for him. When Zach Wilson left the game today, he went to Jaron Hall and uh, Jaron Hall's now seen snaps in back-to-back weeks. How's he coming along? Doing really well. You know, I I think you can see how explosive he is running the ball and um, you know I think he's um, a lot of people don't haven't seen it, but he can throw the ball as well and so. Uh, just really excited with his progress, the things that he's done. 
um, and the coaching that he's taken from A-Rod and from Grimes. And, um, you know, he, he's got great mentoring from, from Tanner and the others. And so uh, it's a really good group. I like that quarterback group a lot. Hey, Kalani, presuming you play in a bowl game that gives you 13, right? So today, being game 9, or beg your pardon, game 10, puts you in that final four-game window where a player could conceivably, right, play here all the way to the end and not lose a season. Is that right? Yeah, and so we have those um, those with us right now. I think um, looking at, like, you know, there's a couple freshmen that we have to decide on, like Jalen Vickers. You saw him get in the game today. Yeah, and yeah. he did a great job, you know, and, and on, on special teams and defense, and uh, I, I think I think with the injury to Chris Wilcox, we're going to need him to play um, these next two games. And, and, and I'm not sure if he played earlier or not, but I think this was the first time he's seen some yeah, snaps. I believe so. So. Yeah. so I think we can plan on him for the rest of the time. It's it's others that you have to worry about that, that are kind of in the mix. The the, um, the freshmen like Max Tooley and Peyton Wilgar and all those that you have to, Jackson Kafusi that you have to make a decision on. And I think we're going to try to keep them redshirted depending on the uh, on, on, on how we did today with injuries. Am I right about that, though, uh, about the four games? Could they mm-hmm. conceivably play from here on out and be okay? Yeah, and we plan on playing most of our guys that are available to, to play on the redshirt year for, to play four games, and most of it comes on special teams. But, um, you know, like today, you got to see Jalen Vickers and all the freshmen play corner today, and they did a great job. Um Overall, in the way that uh, you played last week, so I, I don't want to bring it up this way, but uh, uh, Boise State got those two early scores, and they scored one later in the game. They got those three three scores, and that was so similar today in that uh, UMass came out and scored in those two early drives and then got one later in the game. But the difference, of course, was the offense today. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think that um – uh, that, that later score came on, on a lot of um, guys that, that, that were getting some new uh, yeah. some early snaps. And you saw Sione Takitaki run in there because he was getting sick of it. And we, <laughs> we needed him off the field. I was really upset at him because not only did he run in, but he ran in and gave up a play. So if you're going to do that, go make the play. And, yeah. and we, we brought him out and just, you know, chastised him a little bit for doing that because he did it on his own. And uh, th- those, listen, we gave up six points on that drive, but – it's such valuable reps for our guys, and and um, you know I, I really don't care about stats right yeah, now. If right. you can get the win, if you can get some experience for these young men that are are seeing some snaps for the first time, I think it's gonna it's gonna pay off huge for us. And you got, get guys like Jalen Vickers and Keenan Ellis and all those guys, the young corners especially on the field, it's gonna it's gonna help us down the road. Well, it He's, makes a big difference just in the practice following the week when they were playing the game, don't you think? Oh yeah, of course, and that's a. a uh, we're, we're going to keep trying to build, and and uh, you really can't simulate those snaps anywhere else yeah. except for in the game. Right. Uh, we saw Squally come back after leaving in, in street clothes. Uh, any any word on him, uh, Um We're going to look at it day to day and um, and see if he if, what it looks like. But um, he wasn't wasn't able to come back, and that that was unfortunate because he was doing really well. Man, Matt Matt Hadley's running hard for you right now. He had uh, 69 yards and a score today, and he breaks. A, it seems like a big play a week. Yeah, and and uh, you know he's he was really frustrated that he couldn't connect on that pass on the halfback pass, but mm-hmm. um, he's just a great competitor, sets up his blocks well. You know, I thought I thought Lopini and, and Riley came in, did some things too, and uh, we're just going to need those guys to step up this next week and keep improving, especially de- de- depending on what happens with Squally. Well, uh, coming across uh, two time zones, your first and only Eastern time zone game of the season so far. Uh, guys seem like they really prepared well, responded well, uh, played well, and things feel good today, don't they? Yeah, it feels great. And, uh, you know, I, we've been in the East Coast before, and 
last year didn't work out as well. And this year, I think our guys had the right mindset and um, great leadership. And I think our coaches did a great job preparing them for this game. Well, it's Mark Lyon's last home game next week. So uh, go out and win one for Mark. Would yeah, you? it's senior night for you, Mark. So we'll yeah, make sure is. you get a blanket, too. So <laughs> appreciate all you do for us in BYU Sports. Thank you so well, much. Oh, thank you. It's been great. Kalani, thank you. Safe travels. We'll see you in town next week. All right. Love you guys. Go Cougs. Thank you. That's Kalani Sitake, head coach of the BYU Cougars. We've got Cougar Nation now coming up next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Dining's Cougar Nation now. BYU Dining, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by tweeting your questions using the hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Comfort broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome into BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now, hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. And you use that hashtag and you tweet because your comments become our discussion points here on this portion of the program. But before we get to you, we've got to get to Mark Whipple. Mr. Whipple is the uh, head coach of the UMass Minutemen. His team falls to BYU today by a score of 35-16. And here's what he had to say about it a few moments ago. Our thanks in advance to Sterling Richards, intern Sterling, for grabbing these post-game comments a short time ago. Uh, you know, I thought our guys were prepared. Obviously, we jumped out 10 nothing. They, they dropped the ball, and we're, we're hoping to get a good start. And uh, maybe that was a time change for uh, for the Cougars. But, uh, you know, they bounced back, and uh, I felt a lot of air went out of us when we missed the field goal right going in a half. We did a nice job on a two-minute drive. I really wasn't trying to – I wanted to get out of that half with the wind and, and – and, uh, it might have given us a little more momentum, but they, they stepped up. And, they, you know, I thought the dropped interception that we had on the tip ball was a big play. And then they, they made a nice throw, and we kind of had the guy covered. He made a nice catch, 84, in the flea flicker, which kind of hurt it, which hurt us. And then uh, we, we just didn't execute on offense the way we uh, had last last week. And But credit BYU and their defense. They're, 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 they got a good group. They got big guys, and they're, they're well coached. And. I said, you go into Wisconsin and win the game like they had and play Boise right there, who's got good skill guys. And I've seen them, you know, credit those guys. They, they, they played better than we did today. You said after Coastal that you were a little bit surprised with how poorly you guys executed offensively in that game. Is it a similar sort of nah, surprise I mean, for you? Coastal's got, Coastal doesn't have guys like BYU. <laughs> BYU got men and old guys. And they're just big and physical. Hard. We haven't been knocked off the ball like that sometimes. And, they, they got good players. So what specifically do you feel like BYU was able to do to you guys? To kind Control of line of scrimmage. Were there any adjustments they made in the second half? Or yeah, they probably just woke up, you know. It was 12 o'clock their time. They, You know, and the offense scored, and, and that gave them a little bit of a boost. And uh, we just couldn't connect on a third down. We get Dume gets hurt, and we got a big play in the third down. And, you know, bad snap. But, but you know, I said, I don't want to take it away. We, we didn't... Uh, we weren't as sharp offensively, but I think a lot of it has to do with BYU. How much does this sort of final score come back to the fact you guys weren't able to execute as much offensively, and it kind of put a lot of pressure on, on your defense, and they're out on the field quite a bit there mm -hmm. in the second half. Yeah, we didn't. We weren't very good on third down, and uh, you know, credit them. You know, got to be better and control the ball, which we tried to do, which we did in the first quarter, but uh, couldn't couldn't do it in the third quarter, and um, especially when we had a little bit of a wind and. and uh, you know, they, they made plays. They made some good plays. What did they do to take Andy out of that game in the second half? He probably had more. He only had five for 31 and a half, you know. They played a good zone. They, they you know, it's 
they got big guys rushing the passer. Kafusi's six nine, and they're three hundred fifty, and, and there's lot, not a lot of space in there. And uh, we we couldn't run the ball as well as we tried to on first and second down to try to get those manageable third downs. And we lined up wrong a couple times, which hurt us. I probably should have called a timeout early, but you know the um, as I said, uh, I, I you know we, we need to have the ball bounce our way, and it again didn't to, to beat a team like that. Is there something specific you felt like you guys did well in that last drive in the fourth quarter when Ross? Yeah, they they put their seconds in, so. We can match up against those guys, but that's 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 what it was. I and mean, they didn't have, you know, 16 Tataki and all those guys up front, and their back end was was not the same guy. So, you know. How much was your playbook because of the fact that there was no time to throw? <laughs> we had time. I don't know what Ross could see. You know, they just said that that's so that's why they're, you know, 24th or something in the country, and we know how good they are. We played against them and. I thought it was if we could keep it in the twenties that we'd have a shot, and and uh, you know I just I uh, you know the, the the we we had a field goal in the red zone on the first drive, which you know I second guessed myself a little bit there, but uh, you know that's we we had to score touchdowns on offense when he had the chance, and we didn't, and you know get a three, and then we missed three, and you know that that hurts. But credit BYU. Defensively, were you surprised how much when they were on? Yeah, I mean that was second half, and they get, they got we we needed to get a little momentum, and we didn't. I think that's why I said we get a turnover, if we catch the interception, that might be something. And they got the ball in the flat, and it comes out, but it was an incomplete. There was it was a good call, and a matter of seconds. So we need one play to get the spirits back up on defense, and and uh, need to make more first downs on, on third down and on offense in the second half, and didn't do it. Thanks, Coach. Good. All right, there it is. Uh, Mark Whipple, head coach of UMass. Minutemen fall to BYU today by a score of 35-16. to 16. Mark? It'd be fun to be able to say what you're thinking, wouldn't it? <laughs> he was pretty blunt and, you know, able to just point out, yeah, well, this is how it was, and that's how it was. And, you know, it'd be kind of fun to be able to just, instead of have to play all the games and say the correct thing. So you're saying he just kind of said what he was thinking. Yeah, I think he was thinking and he said it. Yeah, yeah there and, it is. And it turned out to be, you know, the probably was. correct. Yeah. It was right. <laughs> All right, good stuff. All right, this is Cougar Nation now, hashtag BYUCNN. Mitch Jurgens has made it to the booth and is thawing out, so we'll give him so we'll give him a chance to uh, <laughs> regain feelings in, in his extremities and talk with uh, Mitch and all of you via Twitter after this. Hashtag BYUCNN. This is BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now. Your comments for us next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Nation Now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome back to Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts. This is the third of four games BYU and UMass will play. I thought that the fourth game was also here in Foxborough. And for some reason, I thought the original deal was for that. But whatever the case, now it is not uh, a fourth game here, but a fourth game in Amherst. So the fourth game and the second at UMass will actually be on the Minutemen's home field next year. McGuirk Alumni Stadium over in Amherst, which I think is 90 minutes from here. But as for today, here at Gillette Stadium, home of the New England Patriots, BYU wins it by a score of 35-16. to 16. And I kind of hit on it earlier. And granted, the 10-0 deficit came early, Mark, but the fact that BYU had never come back from more than a touchdown to win a game before under Kalani, that's kind of something. Yeah. You, you want to feel like you've got the ability over the course of a game to, to erase a double-digit deficit, and that's what BYU did today for the first time uh, in the Satake era. 
And so uh, the fact that you do it once means that it, you could do it again. That's what kind of what you're saying is the strength of the that particular point. And so uh, yeah, it is surprising that uh, BYU's had close comebacks certainly before, but haven't been able to get all the way back over the top. All right, uh, first question. And before I get to the first question from uh, Chappie, at It's Chappie on Twitter, our good friend, uh, Mitchell Jurgens is back in the booth. Thank you. Yeah, and it was uh, it was a brisk one out there today, wasn't it? Yeah, I was you know I was prepared with layers, but it, uh, it the wind it was just fighting it was, for everything, wasn't it? It was, and I, I I couldn't you know I apologize if I if you heard sniffling on uh, on my mic. I you was, weren't crying, huh? No, it was it was just yeah it was cold. Um, I you know hats off to Tom Brady and the Patriots who've played here <laughs> for so long. Like man, I'd be requesting a trade to. Some warmer Sand place because that was that was cold. <laughs> well, uh, one of the highlights of the day had to be uh, Mitch's one-hand catch. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a kickoff, wasn't it? It was a kickoff. It's yeah. a kick. It wasn't like a punt where you got. It was a kickoff. Mitch one-handed a kickoff on the sideline, on the fly. Yeah, um, but I think uh, you know the the equipment was intact. I had to catch that thing one-handed with the mic in the other hand. <laughs> while protecting all the gear. While protecting the gear. So I took all that into consideration and made a play. I know. Yeah. And so casual. <laughs> you were just so, it was so at ease. So uh, I've done this before. Yeah. In yeah. Bronco terminology, Mitch is trustworthy yeah, when it comes, it. When it comes it. to that. It's good good stuff. So uh, overall, uh, you watched it. You, you sat through the cold. You saw BYU get it done today. Just initial impressions. Yeah. Um, you know, once again, we saw last week at Boise State, I was impressed with how they fought. Um, you take a 10 nothing lead for UMass, and, and once again, BYU just came out, and they were resilient. Um, they, they fought back before the halftime, and then after halftime, they just looked like um, they had put every you know aspect of their game together. They looked good. Um, the, offense, the offensive line dominated once again in the second half, gave the running backs some lanes. I, I've been really impressed with Matt Hadley's patience as a running back to let the holes develop. Um, he's got great vision, and so, you know, always really impressed with him. I said it last week, I've been so impressed with Talon Shumway um, and his ability to um, step into the number one receiver role on this team. And, I mean, he's a guy that um, that Zach Wilson can trust and goes to and feels confident in doing so. And then, you know, you go to the defensive side of the ball, and they just played such a great game, came up with some huge stops on third and one, and then throughout the game, they just, you know, played resilient football, had great coverage. Um, and one of the players that I've just been impressed with this entire season is Isaiah Kafusi. Yeah. Um, didn't start out as a starter, and now is just playing such a prominent role on the defense um, and is one of the one of the key playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. Ed Lamb, linebacker's coach, told me a couple weeks ago that, uh, that he didn't think Isaiah would be ready to do what he's doing right now. Uh, he thought that Isaiah's progress has been accelerated, and he said, he said, I didn't see it coming necessarily. Well, the the thing that's, you know, early is you look at him, and he's just not the size that you expect to see as a linebacker out there. And so he's worked so hard on uh, developing and getting himself bigger and stronger. And uh, so the fact that he is out there stepping up and playing extremely well, the hit that he had on that the kid, I, well, I shouldn't be chuckling because he didn't, I don't know if he came back in the game, but uh, he lowered the boom on uh, one of those UMass players. And unfortunately, the guy didn't get up right away, but he did get up and get off. But uh, yeah, he, he can hit you. Uh, at It's Chappie on uh, Twitter, uh, he says, it seems obvious in hindsight 
that Zach Wilson is the better quarterback. Was that perhaps not the case at the start of the season? Do you think they just didn't want to throw him to the wolves, so to speak, with the tough early games? Hmm. I do think, and I'll stick by what I said, that in August, Tanner made sense. And in October, Zach made sense. And in that time, Zach learned more. In that time, coaches learned more about the team and about Zach. And uh, I think there was also a component. I think even A-Rod alluded to it. I don't know that the coaches felt comfortable putting Zach into September with that particular schedule, having to learn that way. Uh, his first start was against Hawaii, uh, a team that, uh, that could give you some things. And BYU got some things. And I think Zach got confidence in that kind of game. So I think it's a combination of, of both components. But I really do believe that based on the criteria they were using in August, Tanner made sense. And as the criteria shifted with the passage of time, Zach made more and more sense. Mitch, your thoughts, and then Mark. Yeah, um, and, you know, when you look at the beginning of the season, um, I believe it was Coach Roderick who even said, and might have been Coach Grimes as well, is, you know, Tanner managed the offense better. He, he understood it better. Um, he had been in games where he's had to make checks and make reads um, and so Tanner was the more experienced player. And so just like you said, Greg, it did make sense that he was the guy at the beginning of the season. But as the season went on and as Zach, you know, continued to watch how Tanner managed game situations, um, seeing him in these high pressure situations, uh, Zach was just been learning this whole time. He's been a sponge and soaking everything up, which has prepared him to be the guy um, now for BYU. Um, and so I think, you know, the way that it's played out has been has been great. Who knows what we would have seen if Zach started the season as the starter. Um, but uh, the way it's played out, it, I mean, it looks like it's been the right way about it. And um, and, and he's really coming into his own as quarterback. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's, it's the right decision that was made. And uh, uh, I think we anticipated it was going to occur. And But he's still miles away from being... Uh, a good quarterback and he's still miles away from where he's going to be as quarterback and so he still has a long large learning curve and uh, no sacks today uh, and he didn't have to ex you know run away from anybody but he still didn't get a chance to throw one away I still want to know if he'll, if he'll do that <laughs> but, uh, but uh, he's on his way and the fact that uh, uh, he played well against Hawaii and uh, uh, he did you know okay today and so but, th but there are still plenty of things that he's going to have to be able to do. So he got his first start against Hawaii. It had been more than two years since BYU had had a pass efficiency of 150 or better against an FBS opponent. Happened against Toledo in 2016 with, Matt, with, uh, with Taysom. Since that time, BYU had no games of 150 or better in pass efficiency until his first start against Hawaii. Well, in four starts... BYU's hit 150 or better in three of four games. Hadn't happened in two years, okay? Now, he's not having to throw for 400 or five. It's throwing for modest yards, but efficiently. Uh, he's made a couple of mistakes, but just a couple. Uh, I mean, at least the ones that will hurt you. Um, and the end of the Boise game is the end of the Boise game. Again, I think we're going to look back on it and say growing pains, learning experience. He really grew from that. That said, BYU's doing things throwing the ball. They haven't done in a couple of years with this new guy at quarterback. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a coincidence at all. He's going to be good. Yeah, I think he's going to be good. I think uh, John Beck, freshman year. Uh, Max Hall didn't have a freshman year. Well, he, uh, unfortunately, we can even say Tanner Mangum, freshman year. I don't want to use that one, necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Tanner I, I a see, nice I, job I, I see, I see more John Beck in, in Zach Wilson. I, I see more John Beck-like tendencies in, in Zach Wilson. The way he sets up, the way he throws the ball, kind of the zip he has on it with not a lot of, a ton of effort. I just see some of that there. That's the one I'm kind of thinking of. 
and how he learned a lot. Skills. He, he had more starts, but it was similar. It was a midseason type thing, and and so um, I'm hoping he can follow the same trajectory because John had himself a heck of a career here at BYU. Yeah, and and two things to add too, just from what I saw from Zach today, two of those passes to Neil Pau, they were against the wind. Um, and he somehow put great touch on both of those balls, uh, accounting for the win factor. And, I mean, that's those are veteran plays by by a freshman, and, and I thought you know he did an exceptional job tonight. Hey, Mark, kind of bouncing around before the break here, what did uh, UMass start out on third downs today? And then what did they end up? Four of nine in the first half. So four of nine, first half, and second One of six. Ha- one of one six. One of six in the second half. Yeah, why'd they give up one? But... <laughs> I just thought there was that was a major turnaround in the way the whole game went, I believe. And, you know, and you had even mentioned earlier, probably off the air, but uh, you were saying, uh, you know, they're cooked. UMass was cooked, and BYU defense had really taken charge of the game. I thought the inability to, to convert those third and ones was really uh, dispiriting to UMass. And, and, and from a tactical standpoint, they couldn't prolong drives with the wind at their back. Uh, by not converting third and ones, BYU is really tough on the third and short stuff. All right, to break time. We'll come back and more from you on hashtag BYUCNN. That is hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter to get in on BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. Brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. We've got inside scoop trivia coming up for two half gallons of famous Creamery ice cream later in the program. Again, you can chat with us. Hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. Greg and Mark and Mitch back after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, so we are back at uh, Gillette Stadium, Foxborough, Massachusetts, BYU 35 and UMass 16 is our final score. With the victory, BYU goes to 5-5. Five and five. They can get bowl eligible by defeating New Mexico State next Saturday. And this game, not only was it brisk temperature-wise, but it moved along briskly as well. I called the basketball game earlier this week with 47 fouls in 40 <laughs> minutes. And today, we had three penalties in 60 minutes. Three Mark, the refs, you said, were cold. They want to get out of here, too. I think so, yeah. And the, they were forced to call the three that they did, I guess. Uh, the, <laughs> the face mask penalty was pretty evident. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. probably have to call that one. But uh, uh, they let some pass interferences that could have, you know, have been called before. Uh, no way, man. Run it up. That's a no call. <laughs> and there, I even noticed there were a few... Um, when the offense had the ball, receivers were kind of, you know, f- fidgeting a little bit. Where yeah, I, I think normally they, they would throw the throw flag a, yeah, um, to call you no know, false start. Call a false start, but uh, I didn't see one. I want to share a tweet with you before we wrap up here with our uh, skill testing trivia. Uh, and this comes from uh, Chris Butters, and this is just the text that he or the tweet he sent to us a short time ago. And he writes, a big thanks to you guys and all the crew for bringing BYU to we the fans, particularly those of us outside of Utah. My uncle's family lost their home and livelihood in the fire down here in Malibu. And you guys were a welcome distraction for me from all the craziness of the fires and the mass shooting of the night before. While those tragedies are bigger than a football game, sports and other entertainment are an important part of how we get through difficult times. So, again, thank you for all you do. And go Cougs. And we, in turn, thank Chris for sharing yeah. that, and we thank Cougar Nation for giving us an audience. Good point. I, I like that. Thank you. Appreciate that. Let's uh, get close to wrapping it up here by giving you our skill testing trivia question for two half gallons of famous Creamery ice cream. This is BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now, brought to you by the BYU Creamery. Enjoy a scoop today. It's the classic BYU tradition. All right. Uh, we are at the home of Kyle Van Noy, 
He and the Patriots left town today, left this building, actually, for Tennessee in their game against the Titans tomorrow. So since the year 2000, when the NCAA began tracking defensive statistics officially, BYU's single-season sack leader is not Kyle Van Noy, but he is second. Kyle Van Noy had 13 sacks in the 2012 season. Who has the single-season record for sacks at BYU since the year 2000? Kyle was second. Who's the one guy who had more than Kyle Van Noy? Since the year 2000, single-season sacks. Kyle Van Noy had 13 in 2012. That is second at BYU. Second to whom? That is our question. Use the hashtag BYUCNN, hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter, and give us your answer. The first answer, the first correct answer we get wins ice cream. Speaking of Kyle Van Noy, so when I was coming into the stadium today, uh, one of the ushers that was helping us along to find the elevator said, uh, one of my friends down there said, you're friends with, uh, oh, come on, (laughs) why did I start this one? The slot receiver for the Patriots. Yeah. What, you know, what you were talking uh, about, Julian Edelman? Yeah. He says, um, he says you're good friends with uh, Julian Edelman. Is that right? And I go, no, I don't know Edelman. But I'm good friends with Kyle Van Noy. Van Noy? You know Van Noy? <laughs> and so all of a sudden, I was kind of like special down there. <laughs> because I, Yeah, he's BYU. He was from BYU? Oh, yeah, well, Kyle Van Noy. And so uh, it was kind of fun that uh, all of a sudden, I think, being friends with Kyle Van Noy was more important <laughs> than being with Edelman. Hey. <laughs> he went up in status there pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, did, did Kalani tell the people that uh, that he also stopped by the locker room today before they left town on the bus? Because I know they went to the I know that he went to the hotel to hang with the guys. I think he came back around here today too and met with yeah, the team before they uh, left. Maybe he just told us, but he said he almost made him late because uh, he was still <laughs> chatting with all those people. Well, that's what it was. Hey, uh, answers are pouring in, by the way, on the Twitter. We'll tell you who the first correct answer is for ice cream after this as we say goodbye right after this break on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Before the break, we gave you a skill testing trivia question. The correct answer, the first correct answer in at hashtag BYUCNN gets two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. This is BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Today's question was, who holds BYU's single season sack record since the year 2000? Kyle Van Noy, whose home is here at Gillette Stadium, is second with 13 in the 2012 season. Who is first? And Mitch Jorgens, your guess, was the correct one. You guessed? Jan Jorgensen. Jan Jorgensen. 14 in the year 2007. So it goes Jan Jorgensen first with 14. Kyle Van Noy second with 13. Satema Nali Jr. third with 10. And guess who's fourth? Mitch reminds me that with a sack today, Corbin Kafusi's moving up. It's Corbin Kafusi. He's in fourth. Nine and a half after today. With three games to play. With three games to go. So, needing four and a half sacks in three games, Corbin could get it done. This could be a record-setting season for Corbin Kofusi. So, who answered the question first, you're asking? Uh, the answer is at BYU Freak on Twitter. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to DM you. We'll get your details, and we'll get ice cream to you. But congratulations to you. You said Jan Jorgensen. Many others did as well. But the first one to do it was at BYU Freak. Freak. Yeah. So a lot of Jan Jorgensen, some Cam Jensen, some Ziggy Ansah. But, uh, mm. yes, Jan Jorgensen is the correct Some Brian Keel came in. But it is Jan Jorgensen. 
the winner. And at BYU Freak is also a winner. All right. BYU Freak. That's going to do it. We're done for the day. So next week it is BYU and New Mexico State. It's a doubleheader day. So there will be basketball in the afternoon and football at night. So here's how it's going to go. Next Saturday at 3 o'clock, we'll have pregame of BYU-Alabama A&M basketball. Postgame for that game will end around 6.30, at which time we'll start football pregame. So we'll go right from basketball postgame into football pregame. So football pregame will happen around 6.30, but as soon as basketball is done. So one long, seamless production that will go from 3 in the afternoon till about 2 in the morning next Saturday as BYU takes on Alabama A&M in basketball and then New Mexico State in football, and you will hear it all right here as it's, um, I don't even like to bring it up, it's Mark Lyons' last home game as, uh, as, as my partner next week. Now, are you telling me the spotting position isn't going to be open next year? <laughs> McKay's <laughs> done a pretty good job, Mark. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> fill in, maybe? Okay, yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe I can just fill in. <laughs> yeah, I'll see if Barry hangs on to his engineer job behind us. Do I us. need a degree yeah. for that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Barry's like a master's in uh, engineering back there. All right, so uh, next Saturday, BYU New Mexico State. Hey, thanks to all those who made our broadcast possible today. Our appreciation to Cougar Nation, wherever you were or are, listening on an app, a laptop, satellite, over the air, on a beach in Mexico, on a beach in Hawaii, on a beach in Puerto Rico, even if you're not on a beach. We hope you enjoyed the broadcast today. Uh, back at BYU Radio, Nathan Israelson, uh, Terry South, intern Aaron Fitzner, engineer Sean Fay, GM Don Shaline, our traffic manager Sean O'Neill, uh, so many good folks at BYU Radio helping us to get this broadcast and keep it on the air every week. Here in uh, Foxborough, we had intern Sterling Richards joining our engineer, Barry Squires. Our statistician, Ralph Sokolowski, our spotter filling in for McKay Perry was Justin Green. Justin did a great job. It's a tough job just to sit down and be the spotter. He sat yeah. down and he was the spotter. He was awesome today. So great work uh, by Justin. And then, of course, we appreciate Duff Tittle, Kenny Cox, Brett Pine, the BYU football media relations staff, and, of course, the entire BYU football program, players and coaches for their assistance and cooperation. And that just leaves the uh, the talking heads. And so to my left, I have? That would be Mark Lyons, and always my, on your left. And to my right? Mitchell Jurgens. Mitchell Jurgens, new father, still new father. We can say that for a while. Yeah. How's yeah. daddy doing? Oh, it's great. She's She's a dream. Yeah. Um, three weeks old and she's sleeping pretty good. Yeah, she'll get she'll get you know five six hour stints at night, which is uh, I hear pretty rare. That's <laughs> so good. So we're counting our blessings. Well, I I tell you, it just talking about it reminds me when you're saying sleep. I just used to go in there and just watch them sleep. Yeah, man, they just, <laughs> just sit there and just oh man. You never knew that breathing could be so fascinating. That's exactly <laughs> it. It is. The whistles that their, no- that their noses make. <laughs> and you, and you want to record it. Yep, yep. And you do. And you send it to your family. As so my <laughs> favorite is, is you work so hard to get that little kid to walk. And when they finally take those first steps and you're just overjoyed and you tell everybody, oh, yeah, it was walking. And then a week later when they're pulling pans out of the cupboard in the kitchen and you're in there saying, don't go over there. And they're going, what happened? Last week it was great. Now I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Well, Looking for Mark forward and to those moments. For Mark and Mitch, I'm Greg, and this has been the BYU football. We'll talk to you next week. BYU and New Mexico State as the Cougars look to get bowl eligible at five and five. They can go for win number six next Saturday night. That'll do it. In the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from Foxborough, Massachusetts. You've been listening to live coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
Coverage of today's game has been brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. BYU football is also proudly supported by Ken Garf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. BYU football is a production of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Kevin Worthen, Vice President Matt Richardson, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and General Manager of Corporate Sponsorships Casey Stauffer. BYU football is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network.